that we remember you are always with us in our daily struggles. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, take your Bibles, turn to Psalms. Psalms 1. Find the book of Psalms, go to the front. And I had two sermons. I was wondering when the Lord wanted me to preach. Then let's preach. It was fun. I Saturday, Friday night, I was working on one, and I got it, and I brought it. And so I said, I got two I could preach if y'all ain't got nothing to do today. Be honest, I, I thought just th this past year as we go in, looking into this new year now, I've heard people keep saying they no, they can't wait for the new year to come. And I keep going back to that thinking, well, you know, nothing really changes. It's, it's not this magical all of a sudden pff, we're starting all over because you could do that any day. It, it's just we, we, we look at this year and we, we say, you know, you know, if you don't change, guess what? Then this time in a year from now, you'll be the exact same as you were. So it's a conscious decision that you've got to make. You could do that any time during the year you want to, you know, because you'll all all you'll do is if not, you're just going to grow another year older. And, and you know, I don't know about y'all, but that's not really that fun. You know, I I remember you know hearing oh the, the golden age. I'm wondering when that kicks in. I haven't yet figured that out. Because uh, I figure by the time you must get there, you can't move. So what's so golden about it? But I, I thought I said, you know, the bad thing about it is, is the as I've listened to people, it's like every so many people want to start over, but they're missing what God's telling them to do because they're not listening to Him. And I want us to look at this first Psalm, and it, it, it mine calls a blessing of the godly, and in a way. And that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaves shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish so he's telling us there's two different ways you can live your life you can live your life as the way of the righteous or you can live your way as the ungodly we see the outcome of those because i mean think about this how many of you if you knew and really believed what they told you would have took better care of you, you were younger uh, you know, I, I, I used to, I always remember listening to guys at work say, you don't want to pick that up 
one of these days you'll pay for them. I'm like, what are you talking about? I can do it. I find. Well, now I understand what they were trying to tell me. It's the outcome of how you act. And, and here he's telling us, he starts off here in this thing. He says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word blessed in, in Hebrew was assure, and it meant happy, happy or blessed. So he's saying you, you're, you're, you've got it and you can see the true way to go. You can understand how you should be. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be happy. Then you say, well, well, preacher, when you look around, it's kind of hard to be happy with everything that's going on, with sicknesses and, and just the things that, that are bad. And I said, yeah, I got the thing. I said, but you know, when you've got the peace of God, when things that happen to you are bad, you don't really get so depressed about it because you know no matter how bad it is here, when you get to heaven, it's going to be a whole lot better. And God's got you. He's with you. So we can look at things that would just, just get people so depressed, so down. It don't matter how bad it is, you're with you. Go with me. And so I know that my way is blessed. It, 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 it's, it's headed in the right direction. Because, listen, when you go into the way of righteousness, as the, as the word talks here, it, it is being blessed. You ever thought? In, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, I love that verse because it reminds us that if you're patient through the problems you're going through. Now, notice what he said. The, Isaiah said he didn't say those that don't wait. He said those that wait upon the Lord. And there's times in your life when burdens come, when things happen, that you've got to wait patiently on the Lord. He's there with looking at everything else to stop and wait and say, God, here I am. Lord, here I am. And he says, when you wait on me, when you realize that it's time, things will happen that are great. I'll pick you up. I'll put you on your feet. I'll give you strength to make it through. Don't worry. This thing that you think is going to destroy you, this thing you think that you can't overcome, I've already overcome it. It's okay, and we're going to make it through it. And when you come out the other side, you're going to be stronger than you was. You'll be able to walk with your shoulders back, with your head held high, because you are a child of God. That's one of the ways we're blessed. Because you think about this. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know nobody who doesn't go through things or have problems. You know, that's just part of life. Just being a being a person. And we're all gonna have, but I'm so glad I got somebody in my corner that helps me make it through it. You know, when I'm faced with problems, I don't have to worry because I know that God walks with me. He strengthens me. He He's already overcome them, so I don't have to worry. But I don't know about y'all, but I do. Does anybody in here besides me worry a lot? You know, I, I, I get all upset, and, I, and God says, well, well, Steve, here's my word. I don't lie. I promised you this, but you've got to be You know, being, being blessed takes listening. 
I think that's the problem we have is nobody wants to listen anymore. Everybody wants to tell God what to do. You ever been to, ever, anybody besides me ever done that? Well, God, this is the way I want it to work. I've done figured it out. Look, I wrote a book for you. If you follow it step by step, I will be happy. And I, I think God just looked and says, really? Okay, here. Throw that away. Because we're going to do it my way. I, I want you to hear me. We, me. we, me and Julie were talking about that this morning. It was, we was listening to on the way down here and listening to this guy. He was preaching. And, 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 and you ever think about this, how God talks to us? Go in the Old Testament and just look. We were listening, talking, and God was talking about Jonah. This Here's Jonah on a boat running from, 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 from God, and God sends this old heathenistic captain and says, Hey, you need to be calling upon your God. Isn't it amazing how God works? Got an old captain who, who probably one of the worst ones on the boat telling him, You need to pray to God. What about Balaam? And, and, and all of a sudden, he's not doing what God said. The donkey turns around and talks to him. God will use things, but the question is, are you listening to him? When you've got a question, do you just stand there and just wait, or do you pick up his word and listen to what he has to say to you? God talks to everybody a little bit different, but are you listening? Psalms 81.8 says this, it says, Hear, O my people, and I will testify to you. Testify means speak, so are you listening to him? He says, O Israel, will you hearken unto me? When you hear me, will you listen to me? I think we listen because we want to tell. God, this is how I want it to be. God, this is what I want to have happen. Are you listening to him this morning? Because most of our ways are not. The Bible. A man's heart is desperately wicked. Now that's, that's not saying man is just, you're wicked, and so that makes your heart bad. No, your heart's bad. Every one of us. If we were get lit, left to our own devices, we would do one thing. We would serve the flesh any way we possibly could. It would not matter who we hurt or what we did. That's how we act. You don't believe me? Stay out of church a little while. I've been there. And you know what? I started doing things I shouldn't be doing. And it's easy to do, isn't it? I'll give you an example of how easy things are. How many of you have ever been on a diet? Anybody here beside me? You've been on a diet? Yeah, believe it or not. Did good. Lost a lot of weight. Then one day I said, well, this won't hurt if I eat this today. Well, today turned into do it again tomorrow, the next day. And before long, I'm back to where I was. See, because we serve our flesh. There was nobody there telling me it's okay. Because you ever thought about this? If you're dieting with somebody and they get tired of it, they don't want to help you anymore. 
they want to eat too. It's the same way when you're out in the world. The world don't want to hear from God. So the reason I come to church is because I hear God's word and I get to be around God's people. Iron sharpens iron. And where he says two or more are gathered in his name, he's in the midst of them. When I'm out there by myself, a lot of times I'm alone. So I'm here to listen to God. Do you hear him in the songs? Do you hear him in the fellowship? Isn't it amazing how God can speak to you? Starts. You ever been down and just had a, the weight of the world on you? And somebody comes up and offers you some encouragement. You might not get nothing out of the sermon. You might not get nothing out of the song. But that pat on the back, that hug, that word of encouragement meant the world to you. See, we travel through life like, if you ever seen the story of Pilgrim's Promise? Pilgrim started out, he's got a... And it's a heavy weight. And the more he relies on himself, the heavier the weight gets. But the, when he starts to rely on God, the weight gets... So there's a lot of us, we're trying to rely on ourselves and we're missing what God's trying to tell you to do. Listen to me. You want to be blessed? Listen to me. I'll remove that weight. But no, so many of us, we want to... This is my problem. I'm going to handle it. You know, if you just say, Lord, help me. Let me surrender it to you. Let me give it to you. But no, we want to we want to continue to struggle and carry it and, and think, oh, it, it's 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 so hard. And he tells us, look, look at verse two. He, he tells us, he says, it's it's easy. He says, but his delight is in the law. We can get in his word and we can find truth. We can find help. You know, the psalmist said in Psalms 34. And loveth many days and may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking out. I, I like what he said. He said, basically, you want a good life? Shut your mouth. Quit talking about people. You know, I, 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 it, it's funny. You can't really do it unless you've got an anchor in something that helps you from doing it. We all like to talk about people. Stand around afterwards and just start talking. Bring up somebody. Before long, you'll have a group just bashing somebody. We love to do it. We're, we're that kind of. See, and Satan loves to get in and says, well, your problem's not as bad as so-and-so's. Did you see how they were doing? Did you see what they were doing? And we, we do that instead of bringing our problems to God. We talk about other people and we drive other people down instead of lifting them up and saying, Lord, I've got a problem. And, and you, you know, if you, my question is, what have you been anchored in? You, you listen to what? And he said in verse 3, the psalmist says, Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water.
plant, what's your roots down into? You know, being planted in the right place means you got stability. You know, you you you, you realize you, you can't have stability playing church, playing. If today's your righteous day, and then tomorrow you go to be worldly, you're really not planted in the Word of God. You're planted in the muck and the mire of the world. You ever you ever been to where a place where it's swampy, where the waters just kind of collect, and they look down and you see that sheen of oil and all kind of stuff on top of the water, and it stinks, and you you're wondering how could anything survive in this? Well, see, that's what a lot of us are planted ourselves into. We planted ourselves in the muck and the mire of the world when we could be getting the fresh water from the from the one who created us, but instead we'd let her rather be in the stagnant water. Thinking, oh, look at the Let's say you planted two trees in your backyard, and one of them was right in your cesspool. Don't that sound delicious? That apple tree comes up, it bears fruit. You say, look at that. It looks nice. But then the apples don't taste well. They're tainted. So just because something might look sweet and wonderful and inviting doesn't mean anything. It's the fruit that you produce. And let me tell you, everybody in here produces fruit. Whether it be good, whether it be bad. This year, me and Julie tried some. We tried to grow some potatoes. As I was reading this one guy, and he grew them during the winter, so I said, I'm going to try it. Well, yesterday we harvested them. They're about that big. They're purple. I don't know what kind they are, but they're that big. We're so excited. And then I found one that was gushy and ooey, and I don't know what happened to it. The others look firm. They look good. But this one didn't. It was close to the edge of the bag that we had them in. And I think it just was rotten. And I said, how many of us are like that one? Got hold of the wrong stuff. So our potatoes probably would come out better if we could, if we could figure that out. We'd probably be pretty good at it. But this was just, you know, the bad thing about it is there's a lot of us, that's how we live our life. We just, I'm going to experiment with this. I'm going to experiment with that. And in truth, if we would just plant ourselves where God wants us to be planted and in his word and in his grace and rely on him, we could put out good fruit. We're there and we don't know what we're doing. What kind of fruit are you? Is it good? Is it produce more? Or is it just maybe it looks good for a little bit, but it's really rotten on the inside? Every one of us have that chance. We could be wherever you plant yourself, whatever you're anchored into, whatever is the thing that you are stable in. 1 Samuel 12, 21 tells us, is turn not ye aside that you should go after vain things that cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. 
we get distracted a lot by all kind of things. We live in a time that that distraction is everywhere. There's no more, you know, people don't realize, do you remember when it was you worked hard for things? Well, see, nobody wants to do that anymore. Everybody wants to take shortcuts. I, I would dare say that hardly anybody could cook a cake from scratch today. Have it, we're in bad shape. If there's not a mix for it or it's frozen, we're in bad shape. We don't think about the things, the toil you've got to go through. You know, life is not easy. There is no quick fix. Satan will dangle all kind of care and say, this will make you profitable. This will make you good. But in truth, all it does is destroy you from the inside. You, you think, how many people chase after what so-and-so's got? Well, they bought this. I want it too. Instead of saying, God, what do you want me to have? And before long you go, how did I get in this shape? Maybe it's because you didn't ask God, "Is do I need this? So I know that because I've done that. Lord, I, I, I bought it. I want it. Now bless it. And he said, you shouldn't have bought it because I didn't want you to have it. We, we, do, we, we, we hear his word, but we don't live by his word. We don't want to accept his word. We don't like hearing that we're doing things wrong because we don't want to admit that we're not perfect. There was only one perfect person. And, and people say, that's what I want. We face things we don't... L listen, listen to what he says in verse 3. He said this, he said, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. But listen to the other side of that coin in verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which is driven by away, driven by the wind away. Basically, you, you think that you look strong, but there's nothing there. And when problems come, it's disappeared. Everything you thought was good and strong, if you're not anchored in Jesus, let me tell you, when a problem comes, that's when you know. How do you know if you're any good? How do you know if, if you're turning out well? Well, how do you handle a problem? Christian, let me ask you a question. How do you handle a problem? What's the first thing you do? How many of us gripe and complain about it before we get on our knees about it? See, we become more worldly than we should. I speak for myself because I know that. Instead of going to the Lord, first thing when something pops up, no, we wait and we say, well, I don't know how we got in this situation. God, help me out of it. You would have never got to where you're at now. We don't listen. Church describes the Laodicean church. He's describing us. We're as lukewarm as you possibly can. We can get fired up for 30 minutes on a Sunday, but come after that, that's it. How many of you prayed for the church this week? 
How many of you, I don't mean, well, I said, Lord, help bless church. I mean, really earnestly prayed that God would send people this week, that this church would be a lighthouse, that the word would go out and not be void. How many of you are concerned about what's going on around you? Do your neighbors even know where you're at this morning? Do they know that you're a child of the living God, or do you have to tell them, well, I go to church. Oh, that's why you're not there on Sundays? Well, I would have never guessed. Because let me ask a question. How many words came out of your mouth this week that were unpleasing to God? Ever thought about that? How did this last week go? How loving were you? Now, everybody's got this idea, and here's the picture of modern-day Jesus. Modern-day Jesus loves everybody, forgives everybody, gives everybody everything you want. Do that's what you tell people in your life? How many of you are worried about the sin that's around you? You love the sinner back. And I think that's where we got it all wrong. Is that people like, well, I'm just going to, because this person said, I'm not going to tell them they're doing wrong. They might hate me. They already do. Do you realize we're supposed to be a lighthouse? We're supposed to be there. How many of you have prayed for somebody other than yourself this week? I mean earnestly, not just a quick mention. How many of you, preacher, that's your job. That's you and the deacons. Y'all are supposed to go out. That's not what my Bible says. I hate to tell you that. The Bible says that you are supposed to go out and make disciples. You are whether you realize it or not. Do you realize that? You are a disciple maker. You're either pushing people away from Jesus with your testimony or you're showing them what Jesus is, who he is, and what he does. You speak more with your actions than you do any time you try to croak scripture to somebody. How are you living outside the world? Are you... Are you drawing from that? Are you becoming stronger? Are your leaves flourishing? Or do you look like a child of the living God? Or do you look like a dried up piece of chaff that's just blowing across the wind because Satan's done got you? Think about that. You know, God's really gotten on me and, and has been dealing with me on my testimony. How many times have I messed it up? If I'm a brick wall and God's built me, how many bricks are missing? Am I in danger? Do I got a condemn sign hanging up? Nobody wants to be around me. People more afraid of church because of the way I, because I'm more hypocritical out in the world than I am in here. 
their people. If there was a mirror behind me and everything I was doing, if there was a movie playing, Steve, this is your life, what would it show? What where where are you playing? What are you rooted in? Because let me tell you, if, if it's been the world today's the day to say, Lord, I need to change things in my life. I need to come to you. I need to to make things right. Lord, I, I, I've done things. I've said things that I shouldn't have. How do I fix my testimony? Let me tell you, it's not going to be easy. Repairing a broken wall is not easy, but God can do it. You don't believe me? Look, when, when Jerusalem was completely destroyed, he had Nehemiah come and rebuild it. It wasn't easy. But read that book and see how God took a man who was willing to do what he was supposed to do and used him to rebuild a wall of a city that was destroyed in record time. Today, we could even get the foundation laid if we tried, but God could do it. You've been, if your testimony's been ruined by the way your, your, your actions have been today, today, and say, Lord, I'm ready to start over. Help me to start afresh. Help me to start new today to be what I need to be. Help me to love people more. You know, God said, his commandment. Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. If you can do that, you can start off. And then it's the next one was to love your neighbor as yourself. Do those two and you've got it made. But the thing is, can you do those two? See, if you're doing what God said in that first one, when you're out there, it shows. It shows. In the Old Testament, when Moses would go spend time with God, he came back and showed his face glue. He was different. People say, Mo, we can't look upon you. We can't stand to stare at you. You're so holy. Put a veil on. That's the way it needs to be. People say, I can't even stand to be around you anymore. You're so holy now. Well, then don't worry about that. Come hang out with the Christians. You say, well, well, how would do that? Start saying, hey, Y'all, some of y'all come to my house and eat with me. Might not ever come back, but come on one time at least. When's the last time you invited somebody to church to come visit with you? When's the last time you called somebody? I don't like talking on the telephone. Jimmy does. I don't. Why not either? So y'all want somebody to talk to? Call Jimmy. But when's the last time you fellowship with somebody? When's the last time you looked at somebody and said, I love you? Jimmy, I love you. Wayne, I love you. When's the last time you told them that? When's the last time you have praying for you? I know you got I know. I don't know what's going on, but I know it's not easy for you. I just want to pray for you. When's the last time you fellowship one with another? We don't do fellowship at the moment like we used to because of COVID. And I understand that. But you know what I've noticed? Y'all still fellowship. When was the last time you told somebody on the way in or the way out, I love you? I love you dearly. I'm so thankful that God brought you into my life. You see, without being anchored in something of the love of Jesus Christ, you can't show it. If you can't show it in here, you sure ain't going to show it out there. If you don't have it in your heart to start with, you ain't going to show it. 
So, well, preacher, you don't know I've been in my church all my I don't care if you've been in church, been in every Sunday school class there ever was. How's your relationship with Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? You know, I, I started out with children's ministry and then youth ministry, and I saw a lot of those kids get saved. But the thing about it was many of them didn't know what they said. Many of them didn't understand it. Some of them did it because their friend did it. Mom and daddy expected them to do it. I'm going to ask you right now a question. This is for everybody that's here. Is everybody that's watching? When you ask the Lord into your heart, did you really mean it? Don't say, I, I think so, because that's not an answer. Here's the way you do it. Right this very minute, where would you end up in eternity? There's only one of two places, heaven or hell. There's not a, a, a in-between. If the question is, I, I hope I'm good enough to get in, There's nothing you can do that's good enough. Nobody can be perfect. And that's why God sent his only begotten son, because he knew that we couldn't. Could you imagine this? Jesus says, I will die in their place. I will pay the penalty for their sins. He took your sins, everything you ever did wrong, and carried them to the cross. See, I don't think, we, we don't grasp the, 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 the meaning of that too much because you imagine the weight that was on him. The cross was designed that the human's body's weight is what killed them. It caused them to suffocate as their lungs filled up with fluid. Now, compound that by every sin that you and I committed that he carried to the cross and imagine what he went through for you and for me. See, that's love. You can't do it, but I can. When you asked him into your heart, do you realize what he did? When you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, he says, I already have. You ask him, come into my heart, make me a new creation. He says, I can do that. But do you mean what you say? Paul told us with the mouth confessions made, but with the heart. And what he meant, you've got to believe it. And if you didn't believe, if you just because somebody let it, then I ask you a question again. Are you really saved? Today's the day. If you've never really prayed it, I won't pray a prayer and I want you to pray along with me. If you're saved, I want you to pray that somebody We'll pray this prayer for the first time. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't get to heaven without you. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and save me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Make me a new creature. Thank you for loving me. Lord's name I pray. Amen. See, if you that, then you're saved. It's no magical prayer. It's no magical set of words. But if you said that, let me know.
you're watching, let me know. Shoot me a message on Facebook. Now let me ask you something, Christian. How are you walking today? Some of us need to get close to him again. So I'm going to say a prayer. I want you to pray along with me. If, you, if you're not where you need to be, you pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know I'm not doing things I should be. I know you, you died for me, but I'm not living it like I ought to. Father, forgive me. Help me to start afresh. Renew that joy of my salvation today. Let me start anew. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, just shoot me a line. Let me know. I want to pray with you. Just ask God to help you. I had to pray that prayer a lot myself. Because there's times in my life that I allow the world to, to, to drag me down. And I don't live like I should. I don't act like I should. I'm not the light that I need to be. So I have to say, Lord, forgive me. Let me start anew and afresh. Renew that joy of my salvation. Because let me tell you, it's hard out there. You go through things that will knock you down. But God will pick you back up. Today I pray that... When you leave here, you can leave here afresh, renewed, and knowing who you are and where you're anchored for this coming year. So every head, as y'all come to get a song of invitation together, as they come, maybe this morning, is not walking where they need to be. and that you need to pray for The altar is always open for these needs. Come and lift them up in prayer. Maybe there's somebody in here today, you, you just need to go up to them and just, you don't have to come to the altar, just go up to them where they're at and say, hey, I want you to know I love you and I'm going to pray for you more than I ever have. Whatever the Holy Spirit's telling you to do during this song, you do. As you stand to your feet, and we're going to sing page. 138. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you.
Thank you for coming out today. I hope that even though we have just drizzly weather today, I pray you have a blessed and wonderful day today. Remember our Bible study on Wednesday night. We're in the book of Daniel, going from Daniel to Matthew 24. So we'll be in prophecy for a while if you want to come join us on that. So please remember that. Also, like I said, remember our service center and the other things we have going on around town. See what's going on this month. Anybody got anything before we go? John, will you close us in prayer this morning?